Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. To all listeners of Real Presence Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network, good morning. It is Thursday. June 23rd, 2022. Uh, a beautiful day. The solemnity of the Nativity of St. John the Baptist will offer our uh, fodder for information and Catholic uh, trivia throughout the show in the next two hours on why that solemnity is today rather than tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Universal Church celebrates uh, Amanda, uh, the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. That's right. Co host Amanda Ellerkamp, Good clinical morning, counselor. Father. Good morning. A clinical counselor at Trinity Junior High and High School right here in Dickinson. And I'm the other co-host, Father Craig Holkalter, principal at that same wonderful school. We are broadcasting live, if you've already heard it, uh, listeners uh, that are so devoted to the Eucharist and to this great radio station that promotes the Eucharist at a coffee shop this morning, Amanda. It's lovely, different space. We've got all the sights and sounds and smells going on at uh, Market Press here, coffee company right in Dickinson. So lovely June morning. It is. Her nor I listeners will uh, claim to be connoisseurs, but we are drinkers. Yes. And heavy drinkers of coffee. Yes. Uh, and so it's fitting that this beautiful uh, Saturday, um, June morning in the summer is broadcasting from a, a, a coffee shop. So listeners, in case you hear those espresso machines and, and grinders in the background, uh, they're just making our, our, you know, probably third, fourth, or fifth cup <laughs> in the next two hours. Great show, Amanda, we have lined up for us and for our listeners. Um, a little bit uh, of a lean towards uh, Catholic health care. Uh, and just a few blocks away, uh, CHI, San Alexia's health care. Yeah, just down the road. Just down the road. And our first guest, um, uh, Mr. John Olderman. Good morning, John. Morning, Father. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. We welcome you to the show. You wear a lot of hats in this community of Dickens, and we're going to get to that. Uh, but I think our primary target is really to talk about your your large hat that you wear um, uh, at the administrative level at CHI. But before we do that, let's ask for the intercession of St. John the Baptist, the forerunner of our Lord, who did so much to announce his message of salvation, uh, the closest friend and certainly a cousin of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray to him today on his birth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, you gave St. Elizabeth in her old age the gift of a son, St. John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for Jesus to begin his ministry here on earth. Lord, fill your people with joy of possessing graces like those of St. John the Baptist, and direct all the minds of all of us in the way of salvation and peace. St. John was martyred for truth and justice. So may we, dear God, energetically profess our faith in you, and help us to lead others to your way, your truth, and your eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, so, John, um, amongst uh, your position at the hospital, you're also a city commissioner. You, uh, you're close to Amanda and I. You're also employed at the school as uh, the head coach of the varsity football team. Um, and so we might, we might touch on those topics. But tell us your, your exact position now 
at CHI and kind of how that's developed, how long you've been there. So I'm the manager of mission and ancillary services at uh, CHI, St. Alexis Health here in Dickinson. Been there for just a little bit over five years. Um, and I, I tell people this all the time. It's the best job I've ever had. And had I known when I graduated from high school that jobs like this existed, I might be a little bit further along in my career. <laughs> but uh, mission is something that, you know, I got my master's, uh, my MBA from University of Mary um, a couple years ago. And mission work, uh, organizational culture, th- that type of work is something that um, people are talking about everywhere, not just in Catholic healthcare, not just in nonprofit Catholic organizations, but everywhere. That people are recognizing that if you don't have a mission, you don't have a vision, and you don't have values for your organization, um, and you, have, you don't have somebody that's a champion for those you're not going to be as successful as you can be. And, and so um, my friends ask me all the time, what do I do at the hospital? And mm-hmm. it's hard to describe because, um, but, but one of my friends said, when I was describing it to him, they, they said, it kind of sounds like you're a coach. And I, mm-hmm. I really like that um, analogy because my role is to make sure that the organization stays on track with our mission and our core values and that we are who we say we are. And, um, that's just, that can just be really, really re- rewarding, and, and especially with uh, us being so steeped in the Catholic faith, um, uh, that's something that I, I, I really value as well. And it, it, it's kind of how the trajectory of my career has went. I was at the at the high school before as in fundraising, in mission advancement, and uh, I had somebody take me out to lunch one day, and they said, "Hey, I'm retiring, and I'd like you to be my replacement at the hospital." And uh, it worked out, and I've been there ever since. And so. It's been really rewarding, and uh, the last couple of years have been tough. But um, the, now more than ever, we need to, to focus in on that mission. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not yet, this is a direct compliment, you're not yet 40, right, John? And Correct. so he, yeah. I, I think John has a year or two on me in terms of our ages. Um, so to say that, I mean, that what a, what a great place to be, you know, your husband, father, um, and your professional career seems like to be right on track. You've, you've, you worked with us at Trinity. Uh, you were so close to mission there, and now you're you're managing that role at a, as a major hospital. Um, why do you think? Can I offer? Can I ask you this? Why do you think you relate to it? I mean, why you said now you've kind of got there, and you wish you would have known about this? Is it because it's hard to describe? You didn't you didn't see CH at a, at a career fair? Or, I, I just think that's a good insight to share with our listeners. Of you know, if you would have known about this, say 15 years ago when you when you left, uh, you went to Concordia, correct? In, yeah. In Moorhead. Yep. Um, you you have dived in, you know. You just it's God's plan, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's because of my upbringing. I grew up on a ranch north of uh, Belfield, North Dakota. Um, but the Catholic Church was always so important for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great uncle, uh, my grandpa's brother, uh, Father John Oderman, who was at Maryvale in Valley City, but also at the Assumption Abbey in Richardson. Uh, Father Valerian Oderman, he, he's at the Abbey now. He was at University of Mary for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think decades, two, two decades, uh, and um, was just exposed to the impact that the Catholic Church can have. And since being in, um, I always had an appreciation for it, but since being in Catholic healthcare, I've really grown in my appreciation for the women religious and the impact that they've mm-hmm. had on healthcare and education and been able to reconnect with the ladies out at the monastery uh, at, at University of Mary and um, remember back to my parents' Labor Day parties when I was growing up. They were out there participating in three-legged races and <laughs> potato sack races and things like that, and we had the monks from the Abbey there as well. And just having had that exposure and that, that 
deep um, connection with the church, basically all through my life. It just kind of seems it just feels natural to, to be working in Catholic healthcare, to be advancing that mission, um, and you know I, I've worked in the oil industry, I've worked in journalism, I've, I've worked all over the place, and uh, you know really diverse background in terms of what's on my resume, but um, this just seems like it fits, and I, and I think it's because of that, that background of how important the church is and the impact that the church can have. I, yeah, I like that of like coming full circle, you know, yeah. of your background in, in seeing that impact. And sometimes people don't realize like um, they can incorporate their faith into their professional mm-hmm. life. And that's a really beautiful testament of your journey of, of kind of, I hear that coming full circle, you know, to where that's a daily part of your life and advancing the mis- mission of CHI here. In and, and Amanda, that's the great thing about the job is I get to help other people do that while they're at work. Mm-hmm. I get to I get to help create that space where people can explore their faith, whether it be Catholic or Lutheran or you know it's, it's something else. You, you we we are creating a space there where it's okay to to talk about your faith, talk about your spirituality. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's a si- very similar environment to what um, we've built at Trinity, and, mm-hmm. and and being able to communicate that and explore your spiritual life. Um, in a work setting, and you don't get that in a secular uh, um, workplace. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, to that point, Amanda. I think too, um, John. You talked about how how mission, you know, and and the advancement of mission, and you mentioned organizational culture. You know, I most mornings my my news source is just kind of a Google feed, so I get kind of all perspectives. Uh, well, I set my first few cups of coffee um, uh, before my prayer, and uh, you know, it is all over. It's like a global theme, kind of. I think because uh, we will get into this, but uh, the pandemic, I think, kind of you know impacted that because your organizational structure was completely fragmented with uh, such a mass amount of people w- working remotely. Mm-hmm. And I know, John, you're in the middle of that. You're working in healthcare through the COVID nineteen pandemic. is a, really an interesting experience that I want to dive into. Um, but God bless you in finding that now, you know, managing the mission of, of a hospital. I wanted to ask, is it, is it intimidating being, you're surrounded by very well-educated people who know a lot about their field, namely mm-hmm. nurses and physicians yeah. and those that are in between. And you, you come along uh, well-educated as well, but because it's not in health, yeah. right? Is that an intimidating thing before we go to break? I mean, what's it, what's it like for you? Well, if, for, you know, you do deal with those, those individuals that, are heavily in that that, that clinical background. Yes, they're, they're very good at what they do, but I, I think they also, um, if if you're good at what you do and like as like a provider or as a nurse or something like that, you know what you're good at, and you also I think are aware of the things that maybe you're not good at. Just just like I I am, uh, and, and you uh, try to have that conversation good. of, hey, this is where my skill set is. This is where your skill set is. Where can we come together? And, and work together for the betterment of our, our organization, and first and foremost, for what's best for the patient. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is tension from from time to time where, like, you know, you've got a, uh, a somebody with a clinical background that says, "Hey, this is what we need to do." Well, what is the what do the finance people say? What do the mission people say? And let's come together and, and have this conversation. And it's 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 really great to be able to. Um, engage in those conversations and talk to those people because when you have that uh, diversity of perspective, uh, you, you can have s- such uh, fruitful conversations and really come to some, some great um, resolution and great, great sense of collaboration. That's one of our new um, 
uh, values uh, since we became um, Common Spirit Health is collaboration. And that's something that I, I, I truly believe in is, is coming together and um, because you do have so many different skill sets in a hospital setting. Um, but come at it from a respectful standpoint. I, you know, I, I, I lean on this all the time, but growing up, Jim and Leona Oderman told us, taught us at the, the breakfast and dinner table, we can talk about anything at this table as long as we do it respectfully mm. and uh, with decorum. And uh, if you can do that in a, in a work setting, you can get some really great things done and you can, you can come to some really great conclusions, but also come up with some ideas that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Because you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that you created it with. Mm. That is a, that's a great quote from Albert Einstein that I, I've been um, telling to anybody that would listen lately that I stumbled across a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it, it can be intimidating, especially if it's a, like a doc that you don't know yet, um, if you haven't established that relationship. And mission work is really about establishing a good working relationship where people feel safe in that space to be able to have those conversations that need to be had. Now, you're, you're, um, we just have a minute before break here, John. You're, you would be in the same network as CHI and Bismarck, is that correct? For correct. our listeners, just to, I want to fill in those kind of foundational gaps. And that's part of the common spirit national network, a global, or yeah, so, explain that to us so just ba- in short. So back in uh, 2019, uh, Dignity Health on the West Coast and Catholic Health Initiatives came together to form Common Spirit Health. Okay. And um, uh, prior to that, um, Williston, Dickinson, Devil's Lake, Carrington, all those um, CHI health um, uh, Organizations, those, those MBOs, um, came together under the CHI St. Alexis Health banner. And, and that was when uh, uh, Catholic Health Initiatives purchased uh, St. A's in Bismarck. And so okay. St. A's has a, a great, um, great reputation, and they wanted to share that reputation across the, the whole North Dakota um, organization. And so that's why we went from St. Joseph's Hospital Health Center to CHI St. Alexis Health Dickinson. Makes sense. That's yeah. helpful. I didn't. That, that's helpful. We um, we are speaking with uh, Mr. John Oderman, Manager of Mission and Ancillary Services of CHI here in Dickinson, celebrating in a coffee shop the Solemnity of the Nativity of Saint John the Baptist. That is his birth. Uh, we want to exchange a few more thoughts on that, Amanda. When we return after this short break, uh, John's sticking around for another short segment, and we ask you to do the same. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. 
For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, RPR listeners. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Thursday morning. Um, My name is Amanda Ellerkamp. I'm joined by my co-host, Father Craig Holcalter. We are live from Market Press Coffee in sunny Dickinson, North Dakota this morning, and we hope that you are enjoying a lovely cup of whatever brings (laughs) you joy on this Thursday morning, as we all are, as we sit around uh, the table here this morning. uh, We are joined this first segment by Mr. John Orderman, who works, as we were just visiting before the break, CHI here in Dickinson as the Mission and Ancillary Services Manager. And John wears many hats, as Father alluded to in the first mm-hmm. segment, in addition to, that's his full-time employment, he is also a city commissioner, and he is our head football coach at Trinity High School, where Father and I both work as well. And John, you had uh, mentioned in the first segment that someone had kind of described your work that you do over at the hospital is coaching. So uh, I'm curious to kind of tease out that analogy a little bit more of the parallels you've seen between bringing this group of high school boys, right, to learn all the same plays and here's our mission as titans on the football field to all those varied individuals that, you know, professionals that you work with at CHI of underneath the mission of what you guys are creating there. So could you speak to that a little bit? Well, you know, it it, it is a really interesting analogy because um, we have... I, I want to say it's 30 different departments at the, at the hospital. Sure. Whether that be radiology, wow. med surge, uh, ER, EVS, um, facilities guys. And you, you got to find a way for all those pieces to, to fit together. It really is kind of like um, finding that, you know, finding your quarterback, finding your left tackle, you know, who are the best people to fit in those spots? Um, and, and, and how do they all work together? And, and, and so um, as a coach, though, you're looking to. Um, get the best out of uh, out of individuals uh, out of out of your different position groups, um, but also make sure that um, they fulfill their potential and be the best versions of themselves that they possibly can be. And, and that is really um, one of the things that's that's most rewarding about my work in mission is that that's the person I get to be at, at work is making sure that 
people feel good about um, the people that are inside the hospital feel good about working at the hospital and that they, that they are um, the, the, the best version of themselves that they can possibly be but then also out in the community the people in the community feel good feeling good about the hospital because when when you come to a hospital for for care and um, there, there's really a, a, a small miracle in that because the level of trust that people are granting to us when they might have never met anybody that works at the hospital, the level, level of vulnerability that they're entering into when, when you come and get care at a healthcare center, that's a miracle that we have so many people that come and, and, and do that. Because yeah. you might have a rancher that has never ever shown an ounce of vulnerability his entire life, even to the people that are closest to him. And he gets admitted to the hospital and he's allowing himself to be vulnerable, vulnerable around our nurses and our docs in a way that he will never let anybody experience. I mean, even possibly with his, you know, his parish priest and things like that. And, and I, I tell our staff all the time, you guys get to participate in like minor miracles every single day mm. just by the nature of the fact that you work in healthcare. And whether, whether you're a housekeeper or a facilities guy or a nurse or a doc, you have the ability to to in, engage in your own special way in that in that miracle, and it's really great to be able to talk about that, not just on a, on a Catholic radio station, but also talk about it in my daily work and, mm-hmm. and actually share that with with our staff at the hospital. Yeah, it seems like you're kind of a you use the word, and I'm glad because I was searching for it. You're kind of like a professional engager, John. You're like you know with with your kind of. Um, your other your other roles in the community. I mean, a city commissioner is 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 certainly worth noting, and um, being so heavily involved, uh, not only on you know in uh, school athletics, but being employed there at one time, and then um, at an administrative level, um, and being from the area and feels so passionately about Western North Dakota living and you know like urban or rural living, kind of in between with Dickens and being like a small city in North Dakota. Um, all those must really feed your work there. I mean, you're so you you're like you engage so well. You do, and you can offer that to brand new staff at the hospital, whether they're at the, a lower level or a higher level, and those that have been there thirty years. I mean, you're like right there. I mean, it just seems like your your world really all like funnels to what you do at the hospital. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, and I think that's one of the reasons that this position has been so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Is it's just such a just a such a phenomenal fit like i i go go home at night and, and i tell my wife jess like hey i had a really tough day but i'm in a difference and, and i really think that that is is what is at the core of us as human beings and especially as catholics we want to be able to make a difference we want to be able to have an impact on on the people around us but have a positive impact on the people around us and um this job enables me to do that in, in a way that is really special and unique in the space and um, I think I've got an experience and a skill set that really lends itself to this type of work um, I think everything that I've done leading up to this has, has helped lead me to this and I, I can't help but think you know, I tell people all the time um, if you are paying attention to it, providence is really easy to see and uh, I, I think about like the, the providence that I see on, on, a, on a fairly regular basis just through my work at the hospital and, and the gift that is to be able to um, to just have that in my life so so often and, and and I just really encourage people to you know if you think that you've been thrown a curveball in life 
Um, take some time, reflect on it. Uh, maybe it's a, a pitch right down the center that God's given you that uh, he's inviting you to knock it out of the park. Um, it might look like a curveball, but it might be exactly the, the pitch that you need at that moment to be able to hit it out of the park. And uh, I never thought I would be doing this type of work, but it is some of the most rewarding I've ever done, if not the most rewarding. Um, outside of, you know, those those individual interactions with, you know, the the kids on the football team. When, when you're able to make an impact like that, I get to do that all day at, at my at my, at my job. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's just a, a really great job. But, um, you know, Father, you talk about the, the, the different um, aspects of the job. And the Catholic Health Association has a the, the seven competencies for mission leaders uh, that they've put out. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the thing about mission is I get to work uh, with strategy. I get to work with operations. I get to work with spirituality. I get to work with advocacy. And I'm never bored. And, and that's, it's, it's fantastic to, to, to have a role like this where you're never bored and you get to make an impact. There, there are a lot of, I think, um, you know, I mean, the church herself, right? There's this, John, there's, there's a lot of counter, cultural uh, opposition and you ha- I know you feel that in health in Catholic healthcare, oh, you know what are what are one two or three things that you you know there's real a grind in your you're seeing regularly in your life of like where you really need to be a champion and do you have those things of hot spots you know touch points that are that when it comes to where healthcare is going and the church's values and mission and her teachings where does that grind versus where does it hug you know I mean did you. Could you offer that, uh, you know, with respect and some discretion on, on air? Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I think I think there's a constant friction between like our secular culture, our our, our nat- national, worldwide, global culture that we're experiencing right now, that is in tension and in, and creates friction with the church. Um, and that's another really rewarding part about this this work is I get to be that. Uh, as as the vice president of mission that's over he's my direct report always says be that prophetic voice for the church and be able to to speak to you know those ethical challenges that uh might arise um though I, items like you know um I, I think something that's really uh prevalent in, in our conversation right now is the transgender issue yeah, was, uh, how, how, do, name how do we address mm-hmm. that um uh, LG, just you know, you can just talk about that whole spectrum, the LGBT, um, that community, and, and, and those issues, and, and how do you address those um, in a 20th century, 21st century workplace, where those are all things that we have to take into consideration, but also stay true to your Catholic values. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know, it's in constant communication with people about, hey, where is the church at on this? Where where are they going on this? Um, the United States. Con- the Conference of Catholic Bishops does a really great job. They have they have created a fantastic tool. Uh, I think it's been around for about twenty years now. The ethical and religious directives for uh, Catholic healthcare, mm-hmm. and um, they review that and you know add or subtract things uh, every couple of years. We're on the sixth edition now, and uh, I think it just came out last year, or the year before. But they added a couple, uh, and they are constantly. You know, for people that think that the the church is stuck in the 1500s, mm-hmm. um, they don't pay attention because mm-hmm. the Catholic Church is constantly having discussions about where are we at, who are we as an organization, and how does that impact our our organizations that are ministries of the church, like healthcare, and how can we help them discern and and really answer these 
difficult questions because they are difficult questions. The, the, the reason that people avoid talking about those topic, topics is because they're difficult topics to talk about yes. because you're talking about human beings and, and, mm-hmm. and how you know, your policies or your positions might impact them. And um, I, I think the church does a really great job of giving us the tools to be able to have those conversations, and uh, we just have to be willing to have them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, John. Speaking of that, uh, I was going to name the whole the whole transgender movement, and and you know how that's kind of find its foundation in in you know LGBTQ. I'm not sure how many more letters are on that kind of acronym or whatever, but um, I'm glad you bring that up because I think a lot of people in this area of the country, of of our society, you know, you talked about the farmer rancher, you know, like his. Uh, his engagement with with um, how do I say this? His engagement with you know culture and uh, society is around what? Like probably his bills, his banking, and his healthcare. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, he's not going to come into town, and that's a real thing. That's that's a real thing that a, lar- a large population we have in North Dakota. Those are their touch points. Those are like the, where they engage culture. I mean, they don't watch the news that we watch, you know, and all that. And that's not at all to say they're ignorant. It's just that their their, their lifestyle doesn't lend itself to that. Um, so I think I think what you do is so important in that way because that's going to be their engagement. And, and you're not really ex- necessarily exposed to that stuff because I mean, I, I, we could talk for an hour. I, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to continue this conversation because with your uh, Amanda, with your your new degree in clinical um, counseling, yes. um, behavioral health is something that we see at mm-hmm. the hospital as well that is so impactful to to the community and the, and the, the people here, and we see people from all walks of life at the hospital and mm-hmm. going to work at the hospital it really popped kind of a bubble of what where i was living in and um the more we're exposed to that stuff the more we realize that you know people are children of god our patients that walk through the hospital deserve dignity they deserve respect and it's f- fantastic to be able to focus that and maybe refocus our staff from time to time on, yeah. hey, these are the things we need to focus on. And I, as we wrap up, John, I think that the phrase that, that struck out to me as you were speaking is having that sense of the sacred, of the individual person, of the interactions, of the reality of, of all the things that are coming in everybody's skill set. So definitely a, a lot of things to continue talking with there. Unfortunately, we're out of time and we have to go to a quick break here. So uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Mr. John Orderman, Manager of Mission and Ancillary Services at CHI. Listeners, stay right with us. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back with another professional uh, from the CHI community. Don't go away. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 